When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I know someone's booing the Rams right now, and we will certainly get into that in just a bit. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Hey, joining us on the program today, Michael Felder will join us one month into the college football season. He will tell us who the true blue college football playoff contenders really are. And Jason Logan will also join us, senior betting analyst for Covers.com. He will share his favorite week four plays in the NFL. But first, let's recap two, two, two games in one on Monday Night Football, and we will start with something that has gone just haywire. It is overblown. It is tiresome. I am getting just exhausted just thinking about the Kelsey Swift relationship one more time, and now the Eagles are taking charge as Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Swift pull through against the Tampa Uh Bay Buccaneers 25-11. to And Joe, what's fascinating to me about recapping this game is that Jalen Hurts can have a subpar performance and it's no big thing. It's no big thing at all. He still was able to do just enough to cover the number of minus five, to still be able to win this thing by double digits. Uh, Hurts is a CPOE minus 3.3%. He was blitzed on 63% of his dropbacks. The Buccaneers kept throwing the kitchen sink at him. And look, it caused his two interceptions. So the blitzing largely worked. It's just that the Bucks' offense did absolutely positively nothing. And that's where we stand after that game. Great night for the show. We said it's going to be an under night. Both games end up flying the under. The two props that I liked in the first game, both hit. Got the Baker pick, and holy cow. Swift went over by almost 100 yards, and you guys laughed at me. All I'm saying is when I look at the rushing laugh. leaderboard, I'm <laughs> looking it. at the rushing oh, leaderboard. That, now that I laugh, Number that, two yeah. in the NFL is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is number two, only trailing CMC. Swift with 308 rushing yards on the season. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles demolished them. They outgained them by almost 300 yards. They had 15 more first downs. The Buccaneers only had one first down on the ground all night. (laughs) All night. It it was off to a slow start. But, yeah, they grinded it out and they pulled away. It was an A.J. Brown night. It was A.J. Brown and a Swift night. I mean, it it was very slow start. I think it was evident in both games that okay, um, it's it, this is going to be an under for both, and it never really changed. I was keeping a close eye on the Eagles, obviously because of my Swift investment. But what what are they going to do here? Because Gainwell wins the job in the offseason. Swift is unbelievable. Last Thursday, going for one seventy five, and it was pretty much split between the two of them. It was 16 carries for Swift, 14 for Gainwell, but Swift has the the yardage. 
Now, it's it kind of depends on game script, right? Because if it's going to be passing downs, it's probably going to be Gainwell out there, which is a big reason that he ended up winning the job. And if they're playing from in front, like they basically played all of last year, it might be a lot more swift. So Sirianni's been saying he's going to ride the hot hand. We'll see if that's true. But, man, that's something I'm keeping a close eye on, Aaron. Uh, Philly looked good. I don't know that we want to say Tampa's frauds. I mean, Philly's one of the top teams in the NFL. Yes. I kept asking myself, are they the top team in the NFC or is that the Niners after the game yesterday, AJ Brown and Nick Sirianni talking about still more to come. There's still growth. A lot, Jalen hurts. And I think even uh, Jason Kelsey, a bunch of guys had flu like symptoms and they still played very well. By the way, I am shocked that it is very on brand of us to mention the tush push and it still hasn't come up yet my favorite play it's a little controversial now. yeah exactly it is unstoppable mm. uh, i i don't know why more teams i'm i'm watching this weekend college and nfl I'm like it should be a no-brainer this is the call right. on fourth and one this is it when Ohio State needed one yard, I'm like, they should do the tush push. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, <laughs> push it and, real and, good. I don't know why teams are refusing to do it until they – I don't know why people move. think that the NFL should get rid of it and people are mad about it. Like, come on. I mean, That's maybe the ridiculous. Eagles are one of the only teams that can pull it off this well, uh, but I don't have a problem with it. You have other great either. offensive lines who can do this with, with some sort of consistency. I mean, like, at least at the college game, like, if you mess it up, Joe, then it's possible someone could get seriously hurt. So in that sense, like, I want to make sure the offensive line is more than short up and, and you've got bigger bodies and you can kind of evaluate that against a really good D-line. That I kind mm -hmm. of understand. But at the NFL level, if you know your offensive line is elite, then I think that matters a great deal. One thing that I want to sort of circle back to when it comes to evaluating the Eagles going forward, by the way, Joe, you are officially now the biggest Swifty on BetQL Daily. <laughs> Doesn't matter what Swifty we're talking oh, about, but true. you have now earned that moniker. Congratulations. Feel free to wear uh, some sort of jewelry or have a name tag, you know, something of the sort. You know, I'll, I'll let you decide. But what's interesting, though, is, again, Hertz didn't have that great of a game. His passer rating when no. he saw that extra rusher, was 40.5. That's terrible. I wonder if the Buccaneers offered up a blueprint for how to at least contain the Eagles. Because, look, you know, the Bucks defense, it's top-heavy, right? Like, if they suffer any kind of injuries, then, yeah, they are going to fall and fall fast and be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're not that right now. They're mediocre. Mm -hmm. like, mediocre is just fine and it exceeds expectations for what we had of them. The problem, though, is the Eagles are going to face some great pass rushers in the next several weeks. And I am curious if they can withstand what they are about to face, because if Jalen Hurts played this poorly against the Blitz, just imagine other defenses with other outstanding pass rushers, like the Cowboys, like the 49ers, oh, teams like that. I think those <laughs> matchups may not be, you know, beneficial ones for Jalen Hurts and company. Are we too critical of the Eagles? Because I, I think I, I'm guilty of it. Um, and I'm not mm -hmm. saying we shouldn't be. 
I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying that I have the correct answer, and, and that's exactly what's happening. Um, the first two games were one-score games, but against, you know, Minnesota's 0-3, but I'll say some pretty good competition. Um, it feels early on, and maybe it's because of the way that their season ended, how it was they just ran through the regular season in dominant fashion, and they get to the Super Bowl. So you're looking for any little uh, hole to poke, and it's like, like I, I've looked at their secondary early on. I'm like, they've got issues there. And then, you know, is Baker going to exploit it? Maybe a little bit. I mean, it was a lot of garbage time when he was connecting with Evans at the end of the game. So probably not. Um, and yeah, you know, with, with Hertz too, now we're talking about that. Are we just like always going to be looking for one thing? And, and it, it, the reality is that most games, most teams are not going to be perfect. I agree. I think that people are too critical and just like the players were saying and coach Sirianni last night, like this is a growth. This is a process. We're not where we want to be yet. It's only week three. We're heading into week four. And prior to last night, I was like, who really wants to be the best team in the NFC? I mean, especially (laughs) what we saw the Cowboys do. So it's like, maybe they don't have to be just blowing everyone out and super dominant you know they're still winning they're a three and O team that i think will continue to get better i think the niners are right there in the conversation and i think the cowboys dropped off a little bit <laughs> well well i think well <laughs> the, i mean the loss certainly wasn't good and it did uh it exposed the Cowboys to some you know serious criticisms when it comes to run defense something that was a problem for them last year and I think that's a fair mm-hmm. criticism because this isn't just small sample size theater this is something that we've seen for a little while you thought they shorted up but it turns out they haven't up to this point so that's a big deal red zone offense it's not sticky from one game to the next but at the same time it, it should be a concern going forward so when it comes to the Cowboys yeah they, they've taken a step back but it's not such a massive step back that they can't can't regain it. I mean, they face these teams. That's kind of the beauty of what we're seeing in the NFC in the upcoming weeks is that the 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys all get to play each other. So we will have a much better idea of who the cream of the crop is in that conference. But I think my bigger concern is, you know, we aren't deep enough into the season for us to reject our priors. What we thought about all of these teams, I think still matters for the most part. There are a couple of teams where you may need to completely throw away what you thought about them before, and that's fine. Probably the Houston Texans might be the best example of this. But for the most part, I think our priors, Joe, are still very good. And one of them that we had for the Eagles was that they were going to suffer some sort of regression. And I think in some ways we've already seen that, at least offensively, Joe. Yeah, I'd agree with that, certainly. Now, there are some, a select few, where I'm willing to ditch them. Like I am willing to ditch Mm -hmm. my priors on the Arizona Cardinals. And I think most people should do that at this point because you've been proven wrong three times. But, you know, watching last night with the Rams, there were many people willing to ditch their priors after one game. And I felt that that was an overreaction, classic overreaction after the first or second game of the year. And then last night they put up only 16 points. So I, I'd agree. Yeah, majority of the cases that our priors are still solid. Hang on to those a little bit. There's still so much football mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. Yeah, there, there really is. Uh, let's move on now to the Bengals knocking off the Rams 19 to 16. Again, another under and another ugly game where Joe Burrow, he did play, 
that calf was still bothering him. And the way that he tried to make this work was by using quick passes. Uh, Next Gen Stats pointed out that on throws that took less than two and a half seconds from snap to throw, 15 of 21, 132 yards. It's not overwhelming, but it's progress. It's something that he had been trying to do the first two games. It just wasn't working. But against this Rams defense, it was just enough to squeak by and get the victory, Joe. If a rocking chair under is a thing, it certainly felt like that. That was our strongest opinion of the night, and it didn't matter which which player was going to be under center for the Bengals. We felt that it was going to be a low-scoring affair and fairly early. Like, okay, I feel pretty good about this one. Look, the Bengals did the right thing. Like Their mindset going into that game is, if we lose, our season might be completely derailed starting 0-3. So we need this win. What do we need to do? Let's make it a Jamar Chase game. They did exactly what you stated. He gets 15 targets on the night, 141 yards. And even though Burrow is beat up, that didn't stop them from calling 51 dropbacks, which I found a little surprising. I know Mixon Mm -hmm. is not very efficient out of the backfield, but 51 dropbacks with a hobbled Burrow Against Aaron Donald? Okay, I was a little surprised with that one, uh, Aaron. But uh, also, what's going to get overlooked, the story's always going to be about Burrow and Chase and because those guys grab so much attention. The pressure that they were getting on Matthew Stafford, certainly notable. Yeah, the Bengals' defense really was the star of that game. They stepped up when Joe Burrow is banged up. I thought they were just flying around. Three sacks, 13 quarterback pressures, nine QB mm-hmm. hits. That's according to NFL Next Gen Stats. So, I mean, really a phenomenal night. Like, it's just really cool to see, you know, that unit step up knowing that Joe Burrow wasn't 100%. And then the Rams went one for 11 on third down, guys. <laughs> they weren't doing themselves any favors <laughs> last night. Mm-hmm. They certainly weren't, yet third down conversion percentage isn't the stickiest of stats from one game to the next. And so it was actually something where even though the Rams offense played poorly, there's no reason to believe that they can't at least be formidable the rest of the year. I was a little impressed with the Rams again. It's something where I have no expectations for them to make the playoffs or do anything bigger than that. Like they are very much a mediocre team, but just every now and again, I see a couple of wrinkles offensively, Joe, with Puka Nakua, you know, he went off, especially what he's been doing on hitch routes. It's just been unbelievable. One of the bigger EPA route receiver combinations in football. It's hard not to like the Rams, but the fact that the Bengals were able to contain them, it was impressive, and it gives those Bengals backers just a little bit of hope that maybe they can put this whole thing together once Joe Burrow is healthy. Maybe Cup is uh, back soon. I think a lot of us had the mentality, the Rams are going to stink. What's the point? Maybe Cup ends up returning Mm -hmm. sometime soon. And again, you have an 0-2 start, just like last year. Last year, they go 0-2, they end up 12-4. So that's on my mind this morning with the Bengals. Now, Burroughs should only get healthier as he's playing through this right now. Can they go from an 0-2 start to bouncing back and being back in that Super Bowl conversation on the AFC? Exactly. And we will talk about NFL futures. I think there could be some value on the Bengals right now. I couldn't agree more. Definitely something we will bring up again. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, what we learned from week four of the college football slate and how to find value going forward. That's right here on the BetQL Network.